to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, register for an upcoming event, or support the Christian Life ministry through our online giving portal. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message. Thank you once again for listening. Today we're going to call it the expectation gap. Here's what happens. When, when what I expect doesn't match up with what I experience, it creates a gap called frustration and disappointment in our lives. And, that, and that's where many of us live. So it can, frustration can really be defined as this, the gap between what I expect and what I experience. So when what you expect from a person from an endeavor or perhaps a certain program, when, it, when what you expect from even God himself doesn't match up with what you experience, creates a gap called frustration and disappointment. And here's what oftentimes I feel like you and I do many, many times. We, we lower our expectation to the level of our experience. And I believe this morning... That God wants to raise your level of expectation to the things that he has in store for your life. Maybe you've come in here beaten up. Everything in the world has gone wrong in your life the last week. And your expectation level for God to do something in your life is absolutely at its lowest point. I believe this morning that God wants to raise your expectations to the things that he wants to do in your life. You're not even looking for God to use you as a spiritual leader of your family, perhaps. You're trying simply not to kill your kids and get them off to college. I got a two-year-old. Yeah. You want to know how many times he walked in my room last night? Not one, not two, not three, not four, five times. Yeah. Dada, go to bed. Hallelujah, I love you, son. So if you haven't come expecting anything from God today, let me just go ahead and tell you, Start expecting something to happen today. If your faith is at its lowest, let it begin to rise today. And I believe God is going to do something in your life today. Do you believe that this morning? you believe that this morning? Amen. Genesis 2 and 7, one simple scripture here that I'm going to read to you. And we're going we're to jump into it. should be on the screen so you can follow along. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. For just a few minutes tonight, I want to talk this morning, I want to talk to you on the simple subject of dirt work. And we're going to jump into it so you'll you'll figure out exactly where I'm going. It's not really a new topic Um, But I believe God's going to reveal some stuff to us this morning. Generally speaking, when you read the Word of God and when I read the Word of God, I get happy. I get excited. It's a great thing. It makes me feel better about myself. I 
I, I read the word of God and my self-esteem begins to rise. As pastor says, I feel like I can whip a bear with a switch after I read the word of God. That's kind of the, the power and the nature of the word of God. It makes me feel good. It gives me strength and joy and peace. And when you read things like no weapon formed against you shall prosper, it just kind of, man, let's go. Come on. What, what do you, let's, I can do this. It doesn't matter what you're facing it just amps you up and it pumps you up. But in an honest moment, there's a passage of scripture that when I read it, instead of making me feel excited and passionate and, and ready to take on the world, no, instead it has the exact opposite effect for me. And perhaps that speaks um, to my life more than your life. But we just read it. It says that God created man from the very dirt of the earth. Come on, let that bless you right now. Whew. Don't you feel good about yourself? Man, God, that makes me feel good. You created me from dirt. Wow. You feel your self-esteem growing right now? You feel it? Whew. Ready to whip that bear? If you're one of those proud Christians, do yourself a favor and read Genesis 2 and 7. You came from dirt. I wasn't going to say it, but you're a dirtbag. It was just there. I, ha I had to take advantage of that. And it's funny the things that we do for our dirt. You woke up this morning and you washed your dirt. Hopefully you put some deodorant on your dirt this morning. You woke up and you put some skinny jeans on your dirt and you came to church this morning. Some of you came... To church scoping and hoping to find some dirt to date. You came from nothing but dirt. Ladies, you spend money on your dirt. You get your dirt manicured. You get your dirt pedicured. Man, we're just too lazy to do anything with our dirt. <laughs> I don't know why we came from dirt. Dirt never has had a positive connotation in society. Parents, you don't tell your children. At least I hope you don't. What a wonderful dirty mouth you have. No. I would love for you to watch that dirty movie. No. Or here, son, have this dirty magazine. Yes, please. It's never had a positive connotation in society. And here's what kind of perplexes me. Go with me here. I'm sure you've thought about this. God, being the interior designer of heaven, did the streets in gold. He did the gates in pearl. But when he got ready to create you and me, His prized possession, the ones that he would send his own son to the cross for. He chose to create us from dirt. Streets get gold. Gates get pearls. We get dirt. But if, like me, this, this passage has perplexed you, I've got... Very, very good news for you this morning. We serve a God who is holy. 
but he's not afraid to work with dirt. We, we serve a God who is awesome, but he's not afraid to work with things that are awful. I know that's not you, but uh, surely that can't be you. We serve a God who is magnificent, but yet he touches things that are ordinary. I'm grateful this morning that when everyone else runs away from dirt, he says, bring that dirt to me. I can do something with this dirt. I don't generally say that. I run from dirt, but he runs to dirt and says, bring your messy situation, your messy life to me and watch what I can do with your dirt. God can use what no one else can use to do what no one else is doing. He specializes in taking a great big mess and turning it into greatness for his glory. I'm grateful one day, and this is no new concept, that we serve a God who is willing to stoop down into our mess, get his hands dirty, and pick you and I back up and put us back on the path that we needed to go. Are you grateful for the day that he did that for you in your life? Are you grateful for that day? And once again, this, this concept of dirt is really not new, but that's not really what I, I, I've come to talk to you about today at all. I, I, I have a feeling that, that the Lord this morning is trying to get us to move past the issue of him playing in the dirt and him creating us from dirt. And he wants his children, you and I, to learn how to do some dirt work. If you have your Bibles, flip with me to 2 Kings chapter 3, starting in verse 9. This is where we're going to spend our time today. And as you're flipping there, let me give you a little bit of background on where we're going today. There are three kings who have set out to fight an opposing army. These three kings consist of two kings of the divided nation, excuse me, of Israel, the northern kingdom, and the southern kingdom, along with one of their allies, They've set out to fight against an army that they should have been able to defeat pretty easily. But they encounter a problem, which is pertinent to what we're going to talk about for the remainder of our time today. So verse 9 says this. So the king of Israel went with the king of Judah and the king of Edom, and they marched on, they marched on that roundabout, that roundabout route, seven Days And you know that the number seven in the Bible represents completion and, and perfection. So in a sense, they had marched all that they can march. And the Bible continues and says this, And there was no water for the army, nor for the animals that followed them. There was a drought in the land. They had run out of rain in their life. And it's amazing. When you run out of rain, how quick you'll turn to God. You ever been there? These kings had been ruling their own kingdom, their own way, without really giving much attention to the instructions of God. But they come to a point now where they have warriors ready to fight a battle, and they think they're ready, but it doesn't really matter how ready you think you are. When you run out of rain, you'll turn to God in a hurry. 
Trouble sometimes can be a very good things because oftentimes what happens, it turns you back to the source. It, it turns you back to something that maybe you used to do, but you haven't done in a long time. Maybe you used to pray, but yeah, you, you begin to do pretty good in your own ways. And now that you've run out of rain, oh God, <laughs> oh hallelujah, woo! That's how we. That's how we work. That's how we operate. And these kings were doing their thing, their way, and they had run out of rain. And here's what verse 10 says. Watch this. And the king of Israel said, alas, why would he pick that word? There's so many better words to use than alas. For the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. So basically he's blaming God when times are bad even though they had paid no attention to the instructions of God. Isn't it easy for you and I when, when situations begin to go bad? We, where, God, where are you? Where have you been? Where are you in my situation? Where are you in my trial? But yet when things go good... It's so much more difficult to give him the credit. Instead, we want the credit to go to our own talents and ingenuity and say, look what I did and look what I've done and look what I've created. Where were you, God? Verse 11, but Jehoshaphat said, is there no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him? So one of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphat, is here, who poured water on the hands of Elisha, Elijah. Excuse me. Now, this is kind of a derogatory statement. He say, he's a water boy. He, he used to pour, pour water on the hands of Elijah. And so they bring him in, and here we have Elisha. And he, he's getting ready to preach his very first sermon to the kings and this is what I love about this, pa this passage. The kings have a need here that only God can meet. They, they've run out of options here that their own ingenuity cannot bring the rain. And so they now have a need that only God can meet. I wonder this morning... What need do you have in your life that only God can meet? I wonder... What thing beneath the surface of your smile are you burying and covering up that really, when you're alone at night, brings tears to your eyes and everybody else thinks that you're just fine and dandy? I wonder what teenager is sitting in the sound of my voice that has tons of popularity, but when you lay your head down at night, you have no internal peace. I wonder what marriages walk into church holding hands like everything's hunky-dory, but when you walk back to your car and you get in the car, there are no words spoken. And when you get home, you sleep in separate beds because your marriage is not really alive, but nobody knows it. I wonder who you haven't forgiven, and it's eating you alive on the inside that only God can help you forgive. And this is the situation for these kings. They need something that only God can provide. 
And they haven't really been looking for God up until this point. And their own troubles had led them to the place where they are. And so what do they do? They call Elisha. They call him in and the scene is set here. Elisha gets to preach his first sermon. And if you are ever going to preach a first sermon, listen, let me implore you. You might not want to take this approach. Just hang with me. You're going to see what I'm saying. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Then Elisha said to the king of Israel, what have I to do with you? Go, go to the prophets of your father and the prophets of your mother. Translated, oh, uh, yeah, now you want God to do something in your situation. Ne- I, I see what you're doing. You want God to do something now, but for the last years, you haven't ever called upon the name of the Lord. But now you're out of rain, and you want God to move in your life. 13 continues, but the king of Israel said to him, no, for the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. Watch this. Elisha, this is how he responds to the the very people that could take his life, the kings. As the Lord of hosts lives before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look at you nor see you. In essence, what he's saying is this. If I didn't have honor for Pastor Rex Johnson, then I would not even look at you who are in the audience. I wouldn't, wouldn't even give you any attention. This is his first sermon. Wow. Bold. Elisha is basically laying it on the line here. And he, go, he goes crazy. And he is so bold with the presence of God. And he's basically saying, you put yourself in a position where you're marching round and round and round and round again. Now, after the seventh day, you have to understand this. That God is not just an option. God is your only option. There's not just maybe God. No, no, no. He's the only thing that can deliver your situation right now. If Elisha were preaching to us today, he may say something like this. The time is over when God is who you turn to only after exhausting all of your other available options. God is not your hobby. God is not a spare time thing that you might get into. God is not something that you simply dip your toe into when it feels good when the water's right. He is the Lord of heaven. And he is the Lord of earth and beside him there is no other. And he's bold about it. He speaks with a boldness as he knows God is with him and behind him. And so Elisha gives him a nice, heartwarming thought there. And he does, he does something that makes... Uh, this is what he says, watch this. Verse 15. But now bring me a musician. Elisha. Um, slightly high maintenance here, my friend. We, we need you 
to bring rain. We need you to do something. Work your magic with God. We need rain. We're out of rain. Now bring me a musician. But the troops are dying. We're running out of rain. We've got to go to bring me a musician. And this really wasn't uncommon in this day. Prophets would have dedicated musicians. Randy, will you help me? Come on up. Hey, give it up. You love your worship pastor, Randy Davenport. Can you help me for a few minutes? Okay. Now, don't do anything until I tell you. All right. I'm feeling a boldness. What Elisha is doing here, you've got to catch this. Elisha is using natural means to increase his sensitivity to the supernatural presence of God. This is what the prophets would do. It, it doesn't increase God's presence. You, you've got to be very aware of that. When, when we sing and when we worship, it doesn't increase his presence. It increases our awareness of his presence. God doesn't become more present because you and I to sing a song, decide to sing a song. Hey, oh, now I can fill this house with glory because you've decided to sing. Not the God that we serve. It merely increases our awareness for his presence. And oftentimes we say, you know what, let's let the worship service begin now at the beginning. No, we're actually joining in on the worship service that takes place 24 hours a day, seven days a week around the throne in heaven. We're just kind of joining in, worshiping the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Using natural means to increase our sensitivity to the supernatural presence of God. And so I, I, I want to show you. I want to show you something about how this works. There's something about music. And I want to show you how effective it is at, at increasing your awareness of God's supernatural presence. So I, I'm going to say, without the music playing, I'm going to give you a few inspirational lines. And I want to see what you feel after that. Are, are you ready? Would you bow your heads with me, please? You can do it. You're going to make it. Don't give up. God is with you no matter what. Open your eyes. See, you didn't feel it. You're just sitting there. You're like, ah, right, right, right. Now, give me a little something, something. <laughs> ah. Everybody, would you close your eyes in his presence? I came here this morning to tell you that you can do it. You can make it. Don't give up. God is with you no matter what. Stop playing, Randy. Stop playing. You feel, you feel good, don't you? You're ready. Wouldn't it be cool if Randy could just follow you around while you were at work? <laughs> you got to go into a meeting, a boring meeting tomorrow, and you got to give a presentation. And you need, the, you need it to be spiced up a little bit. Randy, give me a little something. Now this PowerPoint. You're going to sign this contract with me. It just makes it a little bit better. Randy, stop playing. 
Wouldn't, wouldn't it be cool? Randy, start playing. <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if your kids were at home fighting each other, punching each other, clawing their eyes out, and you are ready to take both of your thumbs and gouge your own eyes out, and the music starts playing And the presence and the peace of God enters your home. What if you're washing dishes? I hate washing dishes. This is a big pot, Randy. Louder. This is a big pot. I'm really... Scrub there, yeah. This is good. Bring on the dishes. How many you want me to do, honey? Yeah. Stop playing, stop playing this thing. <laughs> Inspiration is an incredible thing. Inspiration ignites something on the inside of us. And most of us, when we come to church, it's easy to get, it's easy to get inspired in an atmosphere like this. It's easy to be inspired in a church that's as friendly as Christian Life Church and a church that truly cares about you. It's easy to be inspired in a place like this. Because in here, Randy, will you play for me a little bit? Yeah. yeah. The atmosphere is incredible. You hear Pastor Johnson preaching these unbelievable sermons, life-changing sermons. The worship team is giving it everything that they have. The atmosphere is electric. The presence of God is here. Randy, stop playing. Thank you. I'm going to do great things for God, we say when we come to church and we hear There's so much I can do for the Lord. I'm going to impact my family. I'm going to impact my entire sphere of influence. They won't be the same when I'm done with them. I'm going back to school to take a stand for God. I, I feel a boldness right now. Here's our problem. We've got to go home when the music is over and turn inspiration into implementation. Let me say that again. You need to get that. We've got to go home when the music is over and turn this inspiration that you feel here into implementation. And this is where a lot of us mess it up. We never participate in the expectation that God has for our lives. So this is where the story gets good. Stay with me. I'm hurrying. I got I to move. So Elisha is prophesying. He's called the kings together. The word of the Lord is with him. They are in a drought. They need God to move and the music is playing. All right, Randy, play a little bit for me, baby. Elisha is prophesying. Verse 15 says, Then it happened when the musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him. And he said, Thus says the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. Randy, stop playing. Thank you for your help. Make this valley full of ditches. This is not what the kings wanted to hear. 
They needed rain. They needed a miracle. They needed it right now for their cattle and for their troops. They, they wanted a magic trick, and they wanted God to bring rain supernaturally out of the sky, and what they got was a work order for something God was calling them to do. You, you didn't catch that. Here's what I've come to tell you this morning. Everything that we've talked about boils down to this one line. Are you ready? Only God can make it rain, but he wants you to dig a ditch. Only God can make it rain, but he wants you to dig a ditch. Listen, I understand that there are things in your life that only God can do, but friends, if he is at, to be at his best, he wants you and I to do everything that we can do in our power as well. I know that's not easy to hear, but it's the truth. Before God sends the rain in our life, oftentimes he will call you and I to dig many ditches. Ditches. What ditch is God calling you to dig in an area of your life for the preparation of the rain that he's about to send? I I have this place in my yard I love my yard. I drive up every day and I see this. Look, watch this. Okay, that's beautiful green grass, but right behind that dumb tree. Now, this is not a big deal to you, perhaps, but to me, this is a big deal. It frustrates me, it makes me angry. I drive up and I see the dead spot. I don't see the green grass around it, I see the dead spot. I look out the window, I see the dead spot. I pull out of the garage, I see the dead spot. I complain to my wife about the dead spot. I complain to my two-and-a-half-year-old son. Windsor, we have a dead spot. What's the problem? What are we to do about this? Literally, I will walk up to my front door and put my nose against the glass and stare at the dead spot because it drives me insane. And one day, my unbelievably um, full-of-wisdom father came to the house. And if you know my dad, he is the like the nicest person you'll ever meet, genuinely. genuinely. I, I've seen him angry two times, and that was when he was standing up for his family. And he, he by no means meant this in, a, in the wrong way. He said it in a, a very kind way. But he said, after I vented to him for about an hour, he, he says, Brad, you might need to go into the garage, grab a shovel, Take it outside and start tilling up the ground. In essence, what my dad was saying is this. The thing that you need to come past, to come past in your life, Brad, oftentimes and sometimes will not necessarily take an act from God. All it is, it's requiring a little effort on your part to walk out in the garage, grab the shovel... Sweat a little bit and begin to move some dirt in your life. What ditches is God calling you to dig in preparation for the rain? Faith is not just wishful thinking. It's not just, oh God, make it rain. Oh God, bless my children. Maybe he's saying, you bless your children. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Speak words of life to your children. Oh, God, heal my marriage. And trust me, I understand that there are some marriages that only God can heal. But maybe he's talking to you and saying, why don't you take her on a date? Yeah. 
to a restaurant where they bring food to your table and wear some buttons on your shirt. God, send some more love and attraction in my marriage. Why don't we start getting more attraction in our attitudes? Speaking with words of kindness to our spouse. I'm great at saying, God, fix this or that. God, God, fix my marriage, fix my children. And the Lord is saying, yeah, Brad, but I've got some ditches that I want to dig in you. Ooh, that's a tough pill to swallow. I'm real big on God, send the rain. God, send the blessing. God, bless my finances. Let me just step out there and say this. Why don't you start tithing? Because God is saying, you haven't given me anything to bless. Sorry, I'm just a youth pastor. I probably shouldn't have said that, but nonetheless, it remains true. I'm trying to tell you this morning that while you're praying prayers of God, make it rain, asking him to do what only he can do, we need to make sure that we're doing everything that we can do. This is not an easy message to preach. It's a tough pill to swallow. I understand that. But God is not calling us to completely understand. He's calling us to obey. We try to understand the stuff that God's just saying. Just do what I'm telling you, man. It doesn't make sense to dig ditches in the valley where there's a drought in the land. The last thing you feel like doing when you're dehydrated is digging a ditch. Exerting more effort. Yeah, that's just what I want to do right now. We're out of rain and you want me to dig a ditch. So here's what happens. We've been digging ditches and we haven't seen the promises of God come to pass in our life. So the ditch that we've been preparing for the rain in turns become the ditch of our grave. We jump in the ditch that we've been preparing because it's too hot outside. It's, it's too laborsome. My hands have so many, I can't do it anymore. And we jump in to the thing that we've been preparing for the blessing. And it becomes our own grave. One writer said this, the tragedy of life is not death, but rather what we let die in us while we yet live. Keep digging. Keep digging. Come on, keep digging this morning. Another writer said this, the wealthiest spot on earth is not the gold mines of South America. It's not the diamond mines of Africa. It's not the oil fields in Iraq or the ocean that has unseen treasure. The wealthiest spot on earth is the cemetery. Because in the cemetery are are buried dreams that never became a reality. In the cemetery is music that has never been played or job ideas that were never put into action or promises that were never seen fulfilled. Keep digging. I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't know what situation you're in. I don't know how tough your problem is, but I'm here to tell you that you can't stop digging a ditch. You can't, even though your hands are bloody and you're tired and you've given it everything you have and you still have yet to see the promises of God come to pass in your life. Don't stop digging. Elisha said, if you want God to send the rain, 
you need to dig a ditch. Single person, maybe God is talking to you right now about your purity. I'm not concerned, perhaps he's saying, with you finding the right person in your life right now as I am about you becoming the right person. Keep digging. Keep digging. Keep digging. Perhaps you're frustrated in your business, sir or ma'am. You're frustrated in your career. You're frustrated that God won't make more things happen. Keep digging. Don't stop digging. Your muscles are spazzing. And it appears as if there's no rain in sight. Here's the crazy thing about faith is that when you are digging ditches, you don't really know where the rain's going to come from. You're praying for your child that is veering off the wrong path. And you don't know as a parent what to do. You're praying and hoping. And you just don't feel like you're getting anything right. You feel like you've completely missed the mark. I've come to tell you this morning. That when it looks like you have completely missed the mark, when it looks like what you're doing is not working, when it looks like the investment that you're making is not working, it is significant. Keep putting in the time. Keep digging that trench. I know you don't feel like going on. I know you're ready to stop. I know you're ready to quit. I know you don't know where the rain is going to come from. I know you can't see it, but don't stop digging. What ditches is God calling you to dig? There's people sitting in here right now who have given up digging ditches in their relationship. God is whispering, don't stop digging. Don't stop digging. It's not over. It's not worth it. Don't stop digging. Verse 16, Elisha said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain. Hear me this morning. We don't have to see the cloud in the sky to do the thing that God is calling us to do. Don't wait until you feel like doing it. You're never going to feel like digging that ditch in your life. Put your faith into motion Listen, evidence always comes after obedience. The evidence of you winning the battle that you're dealing with right now will come only after you obey and heed the voice of God. Don't stop digging. You won't see the wind. You won't feel the rain. You won't, you won't have that feeling oftentimes. But the Lord continues to say in 17. Yet the valley shall be filled with water. So that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. And this is a simple matter in the sight of the Lord. He will also deliver 
the Moabites into your hand. Also, you shall attack every fortified city and every choice city and shall cut down every good tree and stop up every spring of water and ruin every good piece of land and stone. Listen, let me translate that paragraph. You win. You will come out victorious if you obey the voice of God. If you continue to dig that ditch that you're ready to give up on, even as we're talking right now, keep digging. Keep digging. Verse 20. Now it happened in the morning. When the grain offering was offered, that suddenly water came by Edom. And the land was filled with water. Just stand with me. I believe that God wants to fill this church and your life with blessing. I believe that He wants to fill your life with provision, but He's calling you and I to pick up a shovel. When we don't feel like picking up a shovel, we, we've had a tough day at work. The situation seems so grim, and we're asking for a miracle. God, make it rain. Take a ditch. The only way the rain will sustain is if you will dig ditches if God sends the rain and there's no place for the rain to go he's calling you to dig a ditch to speak a word to maybe repent of a sin to make a step to start digging maybe you've never started digging a ditch today could be the day that you begin Digging your ditch in preparation for the blessings that God has in store for you. Start digging. Maybe you need to keep digging. Blisters on your hands. You've sweated your last drop of sweat. Keep digging your ditch. Keep digging your ditch. Because he will get you through. You're not done yet. Your best days are not behind you, but they are still in front of you. Your children will not be hooked on drugs their entire life. You will get wisdom to lead and guide your children. Your relationship can be healed. Your family can be put back together. You can succeed in that business. You can make it. You can get that promotion. God is not through with you yet. Today is not the day to throw in the towel and say, I'm done digging all the ditches that I can dig. I don't feel it anymore. I can't see the rain anymore. I don't know where it's going to come from. 
Listen, when you're digging your ditches, God is in your future preparing your blessings. I know you can't see it right now. I know you don't know where the rain's going to come from. But you hear me this morning. You keep digging that ditch. You keep tilling up that ground that you're ready to call it quits on. Today is not the day to throw in the towel. Today is the day to pick up the shovel once again and begin digging your ditch. What ditch is God calling you to dig today? Come on, is it maybe that prayer of repentance? Maybe is it to take that first step of faith out of the boat onto the water and God saying, if you will just touch the ball of your foot to that uncertainty of the water, I will show you how strong I am to sustain you. What ditch is he calling you to dig? To repair a relationship To pick up the phone and make a phone call and say, will you forgive me? What ditch is he calling you to dig? Would you bow your heads? Lord, I pray right now. For those that are ready... Those situations in their lives, and Lord, they they know exactly what they are. They're ready to quit, they're ready to give up, they're so tired of fighting that they don't think they can dig one more ditch, they don't think they can pray one more prayer. They think they're done and they're ready to jump in the ditch that they've been digging and allow it to become their own grave. God, I pray that today, in this moment, right now, That you would send the rain in their life. That though we can't see it, that you would send a peace of mind right now, Lord. To let us know that you are with us and that you will never walk away from us. Come on, if that's you this morning, I wish. I wish that you would take that step of faith this morning. Now today, it's not for everybody, I understand that. But if you need God to send the rain in your life... And you feel, you, you feel like you just don't know if you can go on anymore. Our pastors will be down here. Our prayer partners will be down here. And we want to pray with you. Because God is about ready to unleash the rain. Are you prepared? Are you prepared for the blessing that he's about to pour out in your life? Come on, if that's you, I wish that you would make your way down to the front. Come on, take that step of faith this morning. God, I need help to continue. I need your strength. And that concludes today's podcast. Thanks again for listening. 